0: Do you want to improve your efficiency, save yourself weeks and months of lost time and frustration? Have you ever been in a meeting where the team's frustrated, you feel like you're spinning your wheels and the whole thing's a giant waste of time? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process glad to be with you for this episode hey if you haven't picked up your copy of courageous cultures how to build teams of micro innovators problem solvers and customer advocates i encourage you to get out there and do that it has been uh, such a joy seeing how different business leaders are reacting and responding to courageous cultures and using the tools to address the reality they're in right now and so if you haven't got a copy encourage you to do that Um, Also, you may have noticed that uh, we've got some advertisers on the show now, and uh, a couple episodes back mentioned that we've joined the C-Suite Radio Network. So excited to be a part of that group and all that comes there with it. So uh, today we're talking about a decision-making approach that will save you months of time and frustration. And so we spend time with all sorts of companies from global multinationals to even four person startups in all sorts of industries, ranging from hardware engineering, nonprofit human service, uh, healthcare, and across industries, across teams, and across organizations from four person to multinational. I consistently see one common source of frustration and wasted time, and this is with regard to meetings specifically meeting frustration and general organizational dysfunction a lack of clarity about decision making today i want to give you two steps that will solve two of the most familiar problems that can creep into your decision making and we've talked about some elements of these before in the past but Uh, It continues to be something I think all of us can benefit from. So the first problem we're talking about is a lack of clarity about the decision that's being made. Now this sounds simple, but I see it all the time. Teams and, and organizations waste so many hours and weeks arguing about the wrong things. Here's the deal. In business, there are only two decisions worth talking about. Where are we going And how are we going to get there? Where are we going is a discussion about goals. For example, are we going to the moon, to Mars, or are we going to stay home and focus on the Earth? Those are all goal discussions. How we're going to get there is a discussion about methods, about tactics. For example, if the decision's been made to go to Mars, how are we going to get there? That might be a discussion of whether to use a private spacecraft or a government ship, Is it a one-way trip or return mission? And so on. Where leaders get in trouble is when they allow these discussions to get mixed up. The team starts out talking about whether to go to the moon, to Mars, or focus on the earth. And 30 minutes later, they're discussing the benefits of private versus public funding. A few minutes later, they're arguing about where they might land on the moon. It's a mess. And you can't make decisions that way. I have literally seen organizations waste years having confused discussions like this. And so the first step is to get clear on the decision that's being made. Is this a where are we going or a how will we get there? And once you have set the where we are going or if it's been given to you, don't reopen it without a conscious choice to reopen it. That's a mistake a lot of folks will make, is they'll say, okay, well, this is where we're going, and then you get into a discussion of how, and it's trickier than you thought, and somebody calls back up the initial decision, and says, well, I'm thinking maybe we shouldn't go to the moon. Maybe we should go to Mars after all. And, Okay, time out. We've decided we're going here. We're only talking about how we're gonna get there. If we need to make a different initial decision, we need to stop this how discussion and go back to the where. But most of the time, we're not gonna do that. So step one, get clear on the decision to be made. There's only two decisions you should be spending time discussing with your team. Everything else is better discussed individually. You know, for instance, how an individual is going to tackle a project or what kind of training they'll get. Or sometimes these things aren't even decisions at all. For instance, if there's a personal discussion, reconciling a relationship after someone's let you down, those things need to be discussed, but they're not meeting discussions meeting discussions where are you going how are you going to get there keep those separate step two or the second problem that frequently comes up is a lack of clarity about how the decision will be made who owns the decision there are only four ways to make a decision here they are one a single person can make the decision Typically, this is going to be the team leader, a facilitator, or someone they appoint. Second, a team makes the decision through a vote. This might be a 50% plus one type majority or two-thirds majority, but it's a team decision by vote. And third, a team can make a decision through consensus. Now, what I mean by consensus, the easiest way to think about this is that the team continues discussion until an option is chosen that everyone on the team can live with. It might not be their first choice, but they can live with it. So those are three ways people can actively make a decision, and I said there were four. The fourth one is to let fate decide. Flip a coin, roll the dice, and that's it. There's, there are four ways to make a decision. Single person, team vote, team consensus, or fate What's important here is not which type of decision-making you use. What is important is to be very clear about how the decision will be made. Who owns it? So if you've ever heard someone say something like, you asked for my input and you did something else. Why do I even bother? They were probably under the impression that the team was making the decision by vote or consensus. And that type of confusion wastes tons of time and energy, precious time and energy that you don't have to spare. So strive for clarity. As a leader, you might begin a decision-making meeting by saying, okay, we're going to spend the next 40 minutes getting everyone's input, and then I'll make the decision on this topic. Or you might describe the decision to be made and say, we're not moving forward until everyone can live with the decision. If you need to combine methods, you could say something like, we'll discuss this decision for 30 minutes. If we can come to a consensus by then, that would be great. And if not, we'll give it another 15 minutes. After that, if we still don't have consensus, I'll take a final round of feedback and we'll vote. Or I'll choose. The point here is to be exceedingly clear about how the decision will be made. Who owns it? When you're clear up front about who owns the decision, you empower everybody to contribute their input in the best way they can and not be overly attached to the results. So if I know that you're making the decision, I need to show up, do my best to persuade you, and I know that you've got it at that point. In contrast, if I know it's a vote, I need to be persuading everyone at the table and share my information that way, and I need to be paying attention to what I'm going to vote for. So, at the beginning of a meeting, be clear about the nature of the decision. Is this a where are we going or how are we going to get there? And who owns the decision? Individual person, team vote, team consensus, or in very, very few cases, you might flip a coin. Be clear about those two things and you will save a tremendous amount of time, headache, heartache, and you'll energize and empower your team to be more effective. Hey, this is Nora and I have a question. Hi David, my name is Jamie and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey David, this is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi David, this is Susan from New Jersey. And my question is... Hi David, this is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. It's time for questions, and I would love to answer your question. You can send your question in one of two ways. You can email me, david.dye at leaders.com, or send me your leadership or management-related question or a question about any prior episode to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You can go there, and you'll see a big orange button. Click that button, and you can leave your name. Tell us your question, and we'll use it in a future episode. Now, our question today, the person did not leave their name. This is an anonymous question. And the question concerns an episode, a couple episodes back, about how to make sure your leadership messages stick, where we were discussing five by five communication and how to communicate creatively five times, five different ways to ensure that people get what you're saying. And the question that came in uh, was a bit of an objection. Listen, five by five communication seems a bit much. I hear what you're saying about once is never enough, but shouldn't once be enough? Do I really need to communicate everything five times? That seems excessive and childish. And to our anonymous asker of the question, I would say yes. Five times five is not for every scenario. Five times five communication is for. Critical messages. These are the core vital messages that are going to affect the success of your organization. They are also for change. If a process has been being used for two years, everybody is accustomed to it, everybody's doing it well, your five by five might look like once a month you reinforce the process, you reconnect what to why, things like that. But if you're making a change in that process, you may need to communicate that change twice a week. For a month and get your five by five that way. On the other hand, if it's a low stakes thing, let's say you're changing the time of the meeting today only from 9am to 10am. You don't need to communicate that five times, five different ways unless it's an incredibly high stakes meeting. It's a report to the board of directors and everybody needs to be there and, and be buttoned up and they're doing presentations and so on. So you have to use some discretion about the importance of what it is you're communicating. But things that are critical to your success, significant changes, yes, use the five by five communication. Low level things that are a one and done and are on a short time frame, not so much. Hope that helps. And I will look forward to answering one of your questions in a future episode. Remember one of the easiest ways to empower and energize your team, produce effective decisions quickly is to keep everyone focused on the decision that's being made. Where are we going or how will we get there? And empower your team by letting them know exactly how the decision will be made, and who owns it. Establish that clarity for every decision-making process you enter and you're on your way to being the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.